Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I want to share with you someone who is helping highly sensitive souls to fall back in love with their sensitivity and show up in their authentic, unique expression. Rachel Kelly is a highly sensitive person and an empath coach. And I'm just so excited just to share her story today because there's so many similarities and it's so important for us to learn as empaths how to take our power back and trust the wisdom from within and how to become an empowered empath. Hi, Rachel. I'm so grateful to have you in the show and thank you for being in the space today. Yes, yeah, so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to chat with you. Oh, bless you. I just remember when I found you on social media and I was just like, oh my God, I need to share this woman and share her story because <laughs> you're so relatable to so many other empaths. And I just would love for you to share what was your life like before you realized you were an empath? Mm, yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that because I think a lot of the time, you know, being on that online space, it's it's important to um you know, we, we have that empathy um, that allows us yeah. to tap into other people's experiences as well. And like, that's our gift. And we get to show that and show up online and get to relate to other people's experiences. So yeah, thank you for, for saying that. But um, yeah, my, my life before I was an empath, God, <laughs> that was, <laughs> there was just so, oh, my journey, like, it, it's been, it's been a, a journey, like, I mean, I don't even know where to start, but pretty much, um yeah I'll share a little bit I guess about kind of my I guess my upbringing a little bit and then maybe how I um, found out I was an empath um and then kind of yeah so pretty much um yeah as a highly sensitive person and an empath I guess yeah never really knew what it was um my family didn't really know what it was I'm one of four girls um we grew up like in quite we grew up in a pub actually quite chaotic environment so yeah very like um yeah so there was a lot there was a lot going on Mm. um and I was always like the more introverted one who yeah just kind of I guess yeah I just felt growing up I, I never really fitted in and not just within my family but also you know as I started to get older and go to school and things like that I always just felt really different like mm. I always just felt like I could just sense the injustice and you know I, I hated how mean all the kids were to each other and things like that and yeah. I just never I always just had this kind of thought process that I felt so different and that I just didn't fit into um anywhere and like even in like friendship groups I was like dipping in between friends and yeah. groups and you know it was just like yeah. I don't know who my people are and, um, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. kind of yeah and can you relate <laughs> yeah I'm totally that's I'm like yeah I totally relate I was just the same like yourself like one minute I was with like the cool kids but then I was with the geeks then I was with like yeah. the ones that most people didn't talk to it's just I couldn't find yeah. my people like you said yeah. yeah yeah definitely and I guess that was kind of the experience like growing up and it kind of um yeah I guess as I kind of moved getting older I guess like my teens I kind of I then struggled a lot with mental health a lot Mm. of um, depression and anxiety and that went on for quite like a while and that was 
now that I look back, I know that that was because I was just very, you know, I was always trying to hide who I was. I was always trying, I, I started to realize that I was so sensitive and actually I couldn't really cope with a lot of things. And there was a couple of significant sort of life events, like a really close friend of mine, her mother passed away. And I like literally, yeah, I literally just took on all of her. I didn't know at the time, obviously this was mm. happening, but I just took on it, all of the pain. She ended up moving in with us and, um, wow. you know, it, we were just like, it, it was just like a real heavy time where I know I was just like, I don't really have a reason to be sad, but I'm feeling really like you know this has really like triggered something in me and um I guess that was kind of the start of where I just started to feel like I'm like I started to have this inner dialogue of like I'm, I'm crazy I'm weak like I just can't cope in these situations um why does everything affect me so much you know that was when I started to notice like I was always really shy up until that point but when it hit my teens and you're kind of at that adolescent age where <laughs> your friends are going out and and so do you know what I mean like socializing yeah. and and um, doing all the things and I'm like oh I'm really shy I can't talk to boys um like I can't like I can't function in social situations because they overwhelm me so much um so that was yeah like all of that kind of happening and then I guess yeah went through went through that did my own sort of personal development journey as I probably got into like my 20s and I guess I was always searching for this this thing like this magic bullet to tell me like why am I different like I just didn't know that I there was such thing as an empath and why it all felt a struggle and things like that um and I guess at that time when I was probably like yeah so I probably and I was always kind of fascinated with how the mind works so I did go on this sort of self-help personal development path um quite early on um and oh my god as I'm opening this up I'm like there's so many things (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah but um I'll come yeah I guess it was like just trying to figure out you know when you think wow like so many things but I guess like the main throughout that time I think my patterns of behavior and things really started to become directed towards sort of perfectionism and just Mm. wanting that you know that control and that external validation but I was just also numbing a lot so I was Mm. I was going out partying and had a lifestyle that just was so unaligned to me and um that continued for yeah you like mm, yeah um that continued for a little while and um it just got to a point where I was like my nervous system had just had enough and um yeah it was just kind of at a point where probably in my 20s at some point I'm I'm 30 now by the way um but it was like I don't know 20 mid-20s I imagine I started really going down that path of like coaching and started to study NLP and decided to kind of take myself into my own healing journey um where yeah I then ended up hearing about being an empath probably like three or four years ago now um and it didn't stick originally um but the reason that I went kind of down that path to um to doing it was because I, I was healing from like really chronic anxiety so that was kind of my thing that got me to um you know onto the path of like my own healing journey because I just my nervous system had just had enough basically wow Um, gosh yeah yeah so um, (laughs) yeah it was yeah sorry what were you gonna say I say you you've been on such a journey and and I relate with everything you're saying because it's so interesting how so many of us as empaths we either like take drugs or we drink alcohol or we use sugar to numb our pain because We've absorbed so much from everybody else. And I don't know if you've noticed this as well, Rachel. I don't even know why we went clubbing. Like we absorbed everybody's stuff oh where we were, we were, you know what I mean? Like the yes. person at the bar, everybody's stuff. We were like picking it up. And I don't know if you were the same, but yeah. I always felt like I couldn't sleep after a yeah. night out. And I, my brain would be like, ping. And I used to hear this yeah. weird sound. And it used to take me a while to shut down 
to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And now I realize it was because I was picking up everybody's stuff and I didn't realize that I didn't know how to protect myself. I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, yeah, it would take me a long, long time. I'd come in and it would, yeah, just have to decompress. And yeah, we I had, we had no idea what was going on. Really. And, yeah, <laughs> Picking up all that stuff. And then like the only way to really like handle it and to kind of, you know, go out and you know you think you're doing the right thing because you've got to be fun and hang out with your friends um and be sociable and you just then yeah numb yourself in order for you to kind of do that and it's just yeah it doesn't make sense at all now does it when you look back on it it's like yeah why do we do this to ourselves but yeah yeah, that's kind of the 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 path really yeah I was gonna say it's interesting you said about the friend because I actually one of my friends when I was about 20 her mum passed away as well and I felt like Mm. I needed to save her yeah Yeah. and like I was trying to do everything even like one of my my siblings was doing the same and like I didn't like you said I didn't realize I took on so much of her pain Mm. and and we did drift in the end which was a shame but I now understand like you said I was actually like hurting myself by picking up all of it um, yeah. and I had lots of low moods like yourself like I went through a depression as well growing up and mm. again now I look at it it was because I was picking up everybody else's stuff and yeah I worked in a pharmacy whilst I was at uni by the way so can you imagine all these people just coming in with their problems and oh instead of goodness. just asking for medication they'd be telling me their life stories oh my goodness <laughs> stand there oh. like ah, oh, okay nice to meet you too and I'm thinking god why are you telling me your problems but that's what we are aren't we we're an open portal for everybody else's problems yeah. but we just don't yeah. know how to shut it down so we sometimes think oh well that's nice of them to share with us share with me because they would I don't know if they did the same with you like it's a famous dialogue like oh you're the only person oh what was it again my mind's gone blank <laughs> Um, oh um I've never done this before you're so easy to talk to yes yes yeah uh yeah it happens a lot doesn't it really like people coming up to you and then I get it a lot where people always think I've got a really familiar face and people Mm. like I I know you like I've met you before I'm like no I don't think we have (laughs) um yeah (laughs) yeah it's just yeah and I think a lot of empaths like when I, I look back as well we were, we're all highly sensitive. We absorb people's stuff. We just, we, we're trying to find out who we really are. But instead of finding out who we are, we then throw ourselves into other people's problems. And then we start that people-pleasing pattern that then mm-hmm. takes us away from our intuition. And yeah. we end up trusting others instead of ourselves. Yes, massively. Oh my goodness. And that is like a huge uh, journey, isn't it? To go on to like decondition yourself, like from all of that and get yourself back to into you know yeah into yourself to even you know understand what your needs are and even like because I think I know for me especially that that whole process and you know I it's a conscious thing that I choose to do every day you know with my boundaries and, and setting um you know being firm with boundaries and mm-hmm. um checking in with myself like what are my needs like I it's something that is a conscious sort of way of being now but coming sort of into that place of of understanding your needs like I don't even think, I think there was a point where I was like, I just don't know what I need anymore. Like you just, oh. you become so disconnected, don't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. It t- I, that used to happen to me a lot, like before I realized like my empath energy and I'd just be overloaded. And then I'd like, I used to, like yourself, I was a workaholic. Like I was just yeah. like crazy ambitious, didn't really think about myself. Go, go, go. Everybody else's problems. 
And then I'd like crash and burn. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas now as an empath, I'm like, right. So you're overworked. You need to go and spend some time out in nature. Just look after yourself. Forget your phone. And I just feel better within like half an hour. Yeah. It, that's obviously taken a long time because I didn't, I didn't even know how to take days off because I was at, like, I was, I was obsessed with perfectionism, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to make everything perfect and everything mm-hmm. had to be, oh God. You've just reminded me of something actually. Um, oh, when I was at uni, so when <laughs> writing an like an article or like doing a dissertation, every word in that essay had to be perfect. Like, mm. why? Oh yeah, like just when you say that, I know when you say that, like it triggers like so many thoughts off, and it's like there we do have that tendency as well. I think to, I mean, that perfectionist tendency is very common for HSPs, isn't it, and for yeah. empaths, and that um, yeah, and I think it's that like level of depth of processing as well that we kind of go through and also that um tendency to kind of ruminate and overthink on things and just mm. get stuck in those patterns and yeah then that yeah has gone into many many areas of of my life and of the people that I work with as well it's such a such a huge one yeah so what was like the turning point for you so you, you heard the word empath but then yeah. you, know, you said it took you a bit of a while what was yeah. like the turning point for you to like accept you know this is who I am um so basically after that point I heard that I was an empath and for some reason and I still kind of think about this from from like now why did this um maybe not stick and I think I was so fixated on thinking that there was actually something like more wrong with me and maybe I just didn't understand that empath was like a scientific thing I don't know what I was um but I I basically was like no I've got like at the point at this point um I was experiencing like a lot of physical pain where I actually thought I had like fibromyalgia or something quite yeah like quite um wrong with me and I would just be going to the doctors quite a lot and I just didn't really buy into that concept it wasn't that I don't even I didn't even give it like the time really it resonated when someone said it but it just didn't stick enough for me to go and explore it which is weird now because I'm like it's weird that but maybe something else was just (laughs) I don't know what happened there but that was a period of my life where yeah that was just um and then it was probably the year later um yeah, about a year and a half, maybe later, I actually went on a um, ayahuasca retreat to go and, um, I guess, look for the, well, go for the healing from my anxiety that had been quite bad. And I was having panic attacks and things quite often. And it was, yeah, it was, it just felt that that there was this thing that needed to be healed. And I was like, I'm going to go do this medicine retreat. And I think that this is like, it's going to, heal me and fix me and it ended up being like um and I've shared a little bit about this on my social media I've not shared an awful lot about it but as a result of that I ended up um becoming like re-traumatized from some like past traumas and things and wow. ended up with um like depersonalization disorder for nearly that was a two-year healing journey so I, I'm coming out of it this year but wow. it had been like a huge huge journey when you think that you're going on this thing and but um yeah and then you come out and you're sort of like it feels like you're 100 steps back but basically as a result of that I went to therapy I went I did I wanted to do all of the healing things after because I was mm-hmm. like this was meant to go and heal me but now I'm so much worse and how do I come out of this um, chronic sort of anxiety that's worse off than what it was when I went in and um I that was the first time that I heard that I was like a highly sensitive person like the therapist actually mentioned it to me and then it was that I connected the dots with everything and it all made so much sense so that was just probably two or three years ago now um probably near three years ago um and yeah so that 
that was the cute that was a huge turning point really because I don't know it just all made sense she this this therapist got into my head and told me everything that she, she like she didn't even know but she literally recited <laughs> who she just recited like why I was the person that I was and how what it meant to be an empath and a highly sensitive person and all of all wow. of that and yeah so that was crazy and then that that stuck and that was it I was like this is I have to let this be my mission now to um, empower other people to to love mm. their sensitivity because there was a lot one of the reasons that I you know as I said it was kind of the anxiety that led me on to doing the ayahuasca but there was there was it was the it was the part of my sensitivity that I just couldn't accept that led me to that kind of place where I was in that anxious place where I wasn't looking after my nervous system and I just hated being so sensitive and so anxious and so like overwhelmed all the time I just kept just believing that that wasn't me and then that's that's how I even went on to that and it sort of was like well now I've the the universe was like showing me now I've given you like this two years of healing because you basically didn't accept where you're at and then anyway it was a huge another healing journey after that to um to really embrace it and accept who who I am and all of the things that come with being empathic and and sensitive so yeah I just want to say I'm so proud of you for for finding the answers because so many people oh they feel so trapped, don't they? And then like you found the answers and I'm just proud of you that you were able to realize and, you know, accept your sensitivity. I, I really get it, honestly, because I was an alpha female before. Like, well, I was never really an alpha female. I, I was sensitive, but I put on a front um, because yeah. of, I used to be a journalist. So that was the industry I was wow. in. It's like, you had to be a tough cookie. And, yeah. you know, I, I started putting on this persona without realizing it. And, oh God, I was quite scary sometimes. <laughs> uh, looking back, I think, gosh, Gerds, what were you doing? But um, mm. yeah, I didn't want to accept. And the culture I grew up, you know, being sensitive was like see, deemed as like wrong. So yeah. I just, yeah, I did never wanted to accept that I was sensitive. And if somebody called me sensitive, I'd be like, how dare you back then? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, I really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah god how different it is isn't it when you can accept it about yourself but yeah I definitely had that um I yeah and I I I couldn't be vulnerable like I just because I didn't want to accept that that was me like it just was like I'm not sensitive I'm like I used to pride myself on like how well I could like handle things and actually deep Mm -hmm. down like I just couldn't but I was so disconnected from myself myself that I just didn't have the capacity to even you know process the emotions and accept the reality of it really yeah I I really I really understand like I think as well because the way we're taught from a young age is to always toughen up and being sensitive was deemed as weak whether it was a guy or a girl and we all just kind of followed what society told us to do and I think only now in the maybe the last 10 years this whole sensitivity is being kind of accepted and it's getting better I find every year but yeah. before, if you were sensitive, there was always, they would say there's something wrong with you. And I think yeah. that's what we picked up because we're around the same age. And I think our generation were made to feel like we weren't allowed to be sensitive at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely relate to that. So, it, and it's like, I don't know, obviously different upbringings and things like that, but yeah. also you've got like the societal conditioning and also the family dynamics and things that you grow up in where, you know, you, you kind of mirror certain behaviors and and also, you know, yeah I know in my family for sure that um yeah I, I kind of modeled yeah like the modeled um behavior wasn't to talk about your emotions you know yeah. it was it was to push it away and to act like and you know humorize everything and and because yeah. 
yeah you know <laughs> yeah I do I do yeah everything's a front and you it's know all, yeah. we're perfect family and everything's great but really inside yeah. you're like ah something's wrong with <laughs> yes <laughs> yep yeah I'm just going to say as well, like I, I relate with what you're saying about, you know, you went on this journey thinking everything would be great. Like, so with me back in 20, gosh, we're talking 2015, I was, I was on it. I started the healing journey probably 2012. Um, mm-hmm. I was made redundant. And then like, um, I had a cancer scare and that literally woke up the crap out of me. Yeah. And then coming up to 20, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, see for me it was an, an awakening so I find it quite I'm glad I'm grateful that happened because it woke up my intuition and everything yeah. um and leading up to then I'd done loads of things and by 2015 I was I, went, I had a pattern again where I started overworking in my business mm-hmm. and then just like you said as the universe works then I discovered I had a kidney problem and I had a kidney defect and then I spent yeah. the next two years fighting to have an operation and in those moments I really learned how to slow down and connect and then I moved a bit further out of London um, and really just realized what was I doing like in this toxic, like, you know, obviously, you know, central London is it's quite crazy, like busy. Yeah. And, you know, I was overloaded and I didn't even know even then. Um, mm. And then, yeah. And then I like I ended up having kidney disease as well, like discovering that last year. But it's taught me the power of really tuning in and listening and actually honoring myself and giving myself time to just be OK with not being well. Um, and it taught me a lot about my empath energy actually when I had my operation kind of like yourself I had this moment where (laughs) I didn't want to accept that I was sensitive and then Mm -hmm. when I had the operation I woke up I actually heard the inner light project and hence why I renamed my podcast the inner light project and yeah it is isn't it yeah yeah that's so cool I also realized like I need to accept that I'm sensitive and that kind of like yourself I realized like that's it I need to to accept who I am um yeah so I think sometimes it takes us a bit longer than most other people to really accept who we are because I guess we've spent years being told and how to act and think and behave so we feel guilty for actually thinking you know we can be sensitive like yeah 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 no definitely yeah I know I completely resonate with that as well and it's like that you and you we take all that on that the idea that sensitivity is is weak and also you know it's it's like a muscle that we have to strengthen isn't it to actually sort of be in our authentic self and our expression and actually train our nervous system to then be okay with um like that it's safe to kind of be who we are and all of that is a is a huge process isn't it yeah and I think the people that are saying it are usually the people that have the most trauma yes it's a a defense mechanism right (laughs) yeah yeah so so um the people that are saying um what bit sorry was that? sorry and um, that people are saying that you're highly you know you're sensitive and stop being sensitive are <gasps> yes. usually the people that have the most trauma so you by them saying it actually they're usually sensitive themselves but they're putting on a yes. front right yes yeah no I've definitely noticed that for sure yeah I would definitely agree with that yeah so how are you helping people um empaths and, and highly sensitive people to fall back in love with their sensitivity so yeah I mean that's all that's all about the work that I do like it's just um through so as a I guess as a a qualified life coach but also um, I've done a bit of NLP here and there quite um some time ago before I trained but also just like my life experiences that have all of the the things that I've learned through trial and error and everything you know which I think is so important with this kind of work as well because we're we've we've been in it haven't we and it's kind of (laughs) it's like 
we know what works and, and those sort of things. So I've had, um, I've basically, yeah, combined all of that into sort of a coaching practice where I now offer um, help um, empaths and, and HSPs just to really connect back into um, who they are. And, and a lot of it starts with, um, with self-acceptance really but understanding what it is around actually being an empath and hsp first of all because i think understanding is so key um obviously at that point then we can then start to accept all of those things about ourselves and then start to kind of decondition like the programming and the the mind stuff the beliefs the beliefs that are keeping us either hating our sensitivity or um keeping us small or in sort of self-sabotaging behaviors like um yeah like I don't know this or even the self-abandonment side of things like there's so much work that we we do um together on this just to really help yeah help was it like how do I help them um reconnect back into sort of their in fall in love with their sensitivity was that the question yes, like yeah <laughs> yep. sorry I was like I'm going off on a tangent that's okay <laughs> um, um yeah so uh yeah so and it's just it's really you know highlighting so I've actually created a, a four-week um program as well which was like I literally put every like every bit of my like learnings into that it's like a self-paced program and I literally poured my heart and soul into that and it was such a a, like a big project of mine and I just really wanted to to have that as something where um you know empaths and HSPs could come and refer back to there's like video trainings it's basically you know a a lot of the work that we actually do cover in our private one-on-one sessions but um helping them just to really understand who they are and connect back into that through the coaching and the the um the mindset stuff um but not only that is like helping them to set boundaries and overcome and identify where their where their boundaries are weak and the people pleasing tendencies that many empaths have um and then infusing that with sort of self-care and self-love practices to help reconnect back and start to kind of love love themselves again and and feel feel like it's okay to show up who they are in this world and I think a lot of what I the journey that I've like been through with that is that low self-esteem and that low self-worth which um comes from kind of just feeling that we're not important enough to take care of our own needs and actually it felt and it's that feeling of I think training the nervous system into becoming like um firm with boundaries for example or to not abandon ourselves like is really like the work isn't it it's like we can kind of learn the the scripts and things of I can tell you you know uh, learn to say no or learn to um you know how to maybe communicate a bit better but it's like feeling safe in your body and 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 working with um and working with your nervous system so that you can actually like recalibrate yourself to a point where it's like it's okay to be me (laughs) if that makes sense you know yeah yeah that's beautiful um where can the listeners find uh the course the course um so it's on it's it's linked into my instagram um bio so there's also um yeah so i don't i won't say the links it's quite long but it's linked (laughs) into my um my uh, link tree into my Instagram um, bio so um, that's a it's a, at I am Rachel Kelly um, and then that takes you basically yeah, straight there with all the details on there. Useful. I've got a few more questions I see you. Um, yeah. What are your what are your thoughts about mental health and empaths? Um, oh it's a big yeah I <laughs> it's it's a big thing um I mean, me personally, like I've struggled a lot with my mental health. Like mm. I 
And I actually know, I know, yeah, a lot of people that I work with had as well. And um, it's that, I guess, the depression and the anxiety that comes with not knowing um, maybe what's wrong initially and kind of not being okay with who you are and Mm. trying to live a life that's just so unaligned to you that's just like wreaking havoc on your kind of nervous system that ends up in I don't know there's first of all we're more susceptible to trauma and things like that um so our yeah our nervous systems are just I guess we're just wired differently in a way that, that makes us more susceptible to things so I do think that um yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a hard one, but I think a lot and a lot of the empaths um, that I come into contact with have had these experiences where they've they've struggled a lot with with their mental health and um, coming back into themselves and coming back into their power has really helped to kind of shift them out of those places, those low places, or that you know recalibrate their nervous system back to a point where they're able to function in the world. Yeah, I, I just from experience, I yeah. honestly believe that a lot of people who've got anxiety and depression are actually, they don't have mental health problems. They just haven't learned about being highly sensitive and protecting themselves. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them have been put on like medications or like oh, numbing yeah. the pain. And it's like, they didn't need that. They just need to look yeah. from within. And what is it they need versus being told, oh yeah, you've got mental health problems. Like yeah, that doesn't I'm- solve anything, right? I definitely agree with that. And I do feel really passionate about that because I'm all for kind of the holistic, more natural way of being of, you know, looking inside as well for the answers. And I I do think that thing, you know, that I I don't, I agree that the medication can work and has a time and a place. I'm not sort of anti that at all because, you know, I do believe in some cases it might work, but I do think that, um, yeah, I think, you know, even me myself, like I know you know, there was no um, doctors that could tell me that I was a highly sensitive person. It was like, you have depression or you have anxiety or you have, or let's go do blood tests for something else. You know, what what if there's physical symptoms showing up? And even Mm. I spoke to, I've got a friend that's a doctor and we had dinner like not long ago and um, we were talking about it and we hadn't, we hadn't met up for a little while and she's not on social media and actually she hadn't really been seeing what I was up to. Um, It'd been like, yeah, a good, a good while. And she sort of was asking about what it means to be an empath and HSP. And she was like, and her interpretation from a quite medicalized view was like, oh, so it's basically somebody with anxiety. And like, I really had to but and I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I'm not gonna get triggered here, but I'm just gonna like explain yeah. to you, um, you know, like, you know, from my perspective, how mm. how it's it's not, and how, um, you know, that these, you know, as a um, as a trait can get missed and yeah. undiagnosed and actually make it so much more worse because then you go off thinking that you need that you're broken and you need to be fixed Mm. and healed and then you really don't get to the crux of actually yeah you get so much more disconnected from yourself so yeah I completely like resonate with that absolutely yeah you just reminded me of something like even within like our coaching world there are so many people and and I've only realized this recently and somebody actually mentioned it to me there's a lot of coaches pretending to be empaths and I couldn't believe what she was saying and she's like yeah because it's a way to get to profit I'm like but what but I'm like, but the people that need who are, yeah, like the people who are really, who are real empaths are going to actually be traumatized by these people who actually aren't empaths. But then I've also heard on the flip side is like some, like even it's happened to me a few times where people will say, oh yeah, I used to be an empath. And I'm like, no, darling, you never <gasps> yeah. have, you can never be used to being an empath. You were born an empath. If you're an yeah. empath, it, it happens from, you know, childhood or it's yep. like, 
handed down from one generation to another, or you may be the first, like something happened when you were young and, you know, that triggered the sensitivity or something. But I was like, there's a difference between empath and there's a difference between empathy. We all have empathy, but empaths have it like triple times or like a thousand times more, but we don't know boundaries. And she's still like, oh, no, but I used to be an empath. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, don't do that. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm intrigued. I was just really intrigued by that because those sort of things I'm like, it's so yeah, it's it's hard as well because I suppose like and and our job in this in this line of work is to kind of um, you know be that voice and and um, yeah. educate people as well on what it is and but it's interesting that somebody has that perspective that claims they're an empath but is thinking that they're um, that they're not an empath. How do they work that out? Like I don't know what they're you know, <laughs> no, I'm just confused. No, how, I think how, it's how are they... I, I think it's they thought because empathy is being an empath. And I was like, no, it's yeah. not the same. It's completely different. But oh no, I used to absorb people's stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're an empath, you're always absorbing it. Yeah. You yeah, don't choose it. It, it no. happens to you. And you know, we, you know, I've I've got it through my lineage on my mum's side. And I'm sure I've got a feeling you've got it on your line, lineage somewhere as well. Like it's it's I've got this through generations. Like my mum's highly sensitive. Um, yeah. like it's not like we choose this <laughs> no you know, we don't wake up and go oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna be an empath today like it, it doesn't work like that it, it's really like in tuned but yeah there's there's quite a few people but then there's also people like within the coaching world who deny people who are empaths and say like you need to toughen up and that really angers me because yes you're stopping empaths from actually finding true healing and that needs to stop you know you might not understand what an empath is but doesn't mean you have the right to tell them that you know you you stop playing the victim or stop doing that I find that and that's like that's such a huge thing and I'm so passionate about that area of things and um just you know while while you said that it reminded me so I and I've been in um and that's almost like gaslighting someone's experience isn't it and I've been in toxic relationships as well where Mm -hmm. um and I've also come out recently of of relationship where um yeah like the where, where people and this is not just my most recent one but I'm not just talking about my relationships now yeah. but there are people that um yeah they do just deny that experience and I think for empaths that is so triggering as well and it, it's it's difficult for them to kind of go through that because they've felt their whole life that they're misunderstood so then when they have people that kind of de- de- continuously denying their experiences it's really difficult it's it's quite yeah. traumatic because then you're it's basically very traumatic. like if they be, like say that person believes them then that's it they'll think oh yeah I'm not an empath and then suddenly other things will happen and they still won't know what why they're feeling the way they're feeling because somebody decided to tell them that they're not one <laughs> yeah like, it is very yeah it's really it's really toxic but as you said sort of on that is it like on the online space I mean it shocks me yeah. that people are um claiming to be empath as well I don't know if I've come across that yeah I mean me neither yeah uh, either yeah it, it upset me when they told me but I kind of understand what she they're like she's saying because it so I don't even realize how it's become so popular I, I that that the bit I didn't get but apparently mm-hmm. it is and you know you have to but then I think energetically we can feel that right so if somebody is not really an empath we would sense that or they're pretending to use this as like a marketing tool we'd be able to sense that you and I I reckon yeah yeah and I definitely think so yeah yeah we'd see right through it but then say yeah. but say if you just found out you're an empath and you're like looking for an empath coach or somebody and you do you see what I mean you might not be able to spot it quickly and that's mm-hmm. my concern is I, I just don't want somebody to go through trauma because somebody did not understand them that's yeah. just me being an empath <laughs> 
No, I know. <laughs> I know. Right? It's the way we are, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to quickly say as well something that you said um, about medications. Like I, so I had a car accident when I was 21. And I went to the doctors and I didn't say I had an accident. I, again, me back then, I was a tough cookie. I didn't want to deny that anything was wrong with me. I was fine. Um, but three months later, I couldn't tell you like how many hours sleep I had or what I had for breakfast. And the, the GP didn't even ask me, you know, have you had an accident or anything? And he diagnosed me and said, oh, you're depressed. Uh, here's some antidepressants or you can go to like this counseling thing. And I'd obviously working in the pharmacy at the time. I was like, mm, this is a load of crap. And I ripped up the prescription and walked out. Um, and then bless my mom, she like said to me, go and see another GP. And then I told that GP, um, you know, I had a car accident three months ago. I'm not feeling well, don't know why. And she just said, you know, I was in my final year at this time. She's like, take some time off, go into nature, relax, and you'll be fine. And I kid you not, a few months later, I felt amazing. And I just oh, wow. look back. Yeah. And I look back and I think, gosh, if I had taken those medications, I would be so different right now. Yeah. Wow. That's mad. Who was it? Sorry. That told you to, to go and in, go into another nature. GP. So I, wow. I, I saw a, so this, this guy originally who I saw the GP, he wasn't my normal GP. Um, wow. He was just there at the time. And then I went, I, I wasn't happy with what he said. So I, I asked, can I see another GP within the practice? And then that lady who was another GP said to me, just go out into nature. And that we're talking, gosh, that was, gosh, what we're talking 2009. Oh my God. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah. So she obviously understood even back then that I didn't understand. I just was overloaded and I just needed to relax. Um, yeah. And thank God. I, I'm so grateful for her. Like I'd really wish to find out her name actually. Um, oh, but yeah, that's, she saved so, me, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? I think, um, I don't know if you uh, follow or um, uh, yeah, like, engage with any of uh, Juliet Bieland who works with highly sensitive people her her work she created a um like a document to take to your GP surgeries basically that basically wow. explains what what like um being a HSP um is actually as a as a genetic trait so you know in a similar way I mean um yeah I thought that was really powerful and in, in doing that and I think it is important that you know spreading the awareness of being an empath and being highly sensitive to um to yeah like the western like medical world who yeah will happily kind of give out medication and maybe not do the inquiry that that's that's needed or maybe yeah I don't know I don't it's hard to think because you think because we obviously we're in this world isn't it that we yeah. we're surrounded by it so we it's like hard for us to believe like what would it be like if <laughs> um you know we just know that we know that um we're educated on it now but you know it seems even when I meet people that aren't it's like oh my like oh it's like they, they don't know what an empath is and actually I forget that I was once in, in that space mm. so um yeah yeah it's 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 important to kind of oh sorry are we gonna say no, no, I was just gonna say I'll, I'll let you carry on <laughs> yeah no I was gonna say it's just yeah you know that's and that's why I feel so passionate about doing this work as well is just to kind of spread as much awareness around what it means and, and how amazing it is and how um how much we we can um heal from you know those past negative experiences that we've we've had that have made us feel that it's it's not okay so yeah that's what I was going to add to that yeah I'm just going to say it's people like ourselves who are raising the awareness that's going to help more yeah. empaths as well and the more that other people that rise up as well and I think that's definitely going to change like the future for a lot of empaths yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent 
So what are your five top tips for someone who wants to be an empath? A powered empath, sorry, empowered empath, but doesn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, obviously, I think the first, the first thing, not obviously, but I think the very first um thing for me is I think one is definitely finding a community of other um like-minded sensitives who you can really connect to and relate and share your experiences with because you just know that's a really safe space that you're going to be mm. seen and, and heard. And I think um, you know, you want as much as we, and this is probably another one as well, like it's getting to understand um, our own needs and and finding a way to express them. Um, because as much as uh, we can validate our own experiences, I think it's also really important to actually also in, in the sense of the community is to be around people that also get you and have similar experiences, just so you don't feel so alone. So I think that's like a couple in there as well is like, learning to understand your um, needs by just practices of, I think just going inwards a bit more and like slowing down, like really slowing down um, your life in like in general, I think just slowing down and just being with yourself and being able to understand what your needs are and then learning how to express them and set really firm boundaries and learn how to learn that it's okay to kind of, um, to have needs and that you don't have to come second it's not like you know that that you you're not like a mean person if you <laughs> if you don't put somebody else's needs above your own so it's just re um i guess re wiring also the kind of beliefs around what you think um sen being sensitive means um the getting rid of the societal conditioning the conditioning maybe you've had passed in that down from parents or family or whoever it is, um, and really creating new empowering uh, thoughts and beliefs around being sensitive and how it's safe to be um, sensitive as well. So I think that's probably like three. Um, <laughs> I would say um, <laughs> I'm mixing them all up here, but um, I think time, like slowing everything down. And I know you kind of, um, you mentioned, you know, you had that experience as well, where you were kind of almost forced to, to slow down and, and kind of go inwards with, with it. And I think the key thing is that's helped me and a lot of the people that I work with is really just slowing down and allowing myself to be okay with not having like endless supplies of energy I think it just <laughs> do you know it just yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it just comes from a place of like the more that we can be okay with ourselves and accept ourselves as who we are which I'm huge obviously on kind of the self-acceptance um, we get to work with what we've got and we get to express ourselves in a true authentic way and um, learning the safe boundaries and then I think it's really important to have um, some meaningful work as well for empaths like to have something that gives you a bigger purpose and a bigger um, you know I think many empaths are very spiritual in their outlook just we need to have that bigger um that bigger thing and that trust in something bigger than us and also can you know we have a lot of empathy and compassion to give other people um and we want to be able to use that and that they, those are our gifts so I think finding work whether that's you know, healing or coaching or something like that where you can just feel completely okay being yourself and know that you're I guess as a basic human need we kind of have that need for connection and um contribution to other people so just having that as a sort of part of your life really beautiful and um, what are you most grateful for 
Oh, I'm most grateful for all of the, I guess, the struggles and like the hardships that I've gone through to get to this point in my life that at one point I really hated and just thought like, why is this, you know, why did this, why, why did this happen to me almost? But, you know, now I'm so, so grateful that um, I've had those experiences that has enabled me to kind of do the work that I do today. Otherwise, I guess if I hadn't have had any of those experiences, I wouldn't be able to sort of hold that space energetically for my clients and just kind of spread the word for other empaths and, and sensitive beings as well. Oh, thank you, Rachel. I just, oh, this was just a pleasure talking to you. And oh. I, I just know this episode is going to help so many other empaths. And just thank you for shining, shining your light as well and actually trusting that you're an empath. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, it's been so lovely talking to you. I love just connecting to other empaths as well. So it's been really lovely to chat. Oh, bless you. And yeah, yeah. just keep doing your amazing work because you're a powerful empath coach. And I know you're going to change so many lives. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, what an amazing interview with Rachel. That was just so powerful. And it just shows that, like, always trust the wisdom from within. And if something doesn't feel right, listen to that sign. And even though you may think, oh, sensitivity, oh, I'm not that kind of person, I'm not sensitive at all, it does really take time to actually accept it due to the way society has conditioned us to think about sensitivity. Um, And both Rachel and myself were both afraid to accept that we were sensitive but really being sensitive actually is a gift it's powerful unfortunately that's the end of the show before i leave i want to leave you with this quote as empaths we are not here to be sponges or enablers we are here to be helpers guides and supporters that's a quote by alithia luna for more information about the show or how to trust your inner light visit my new coaching program at gerdshundle.com And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.